This episode of That Song From That Movie is coming up after this. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From, From the Infectious, Infectious Groove Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. It's getting close to award season, so now is the perfect time to cover an Academy Award nominated franchise. Jackass, obviously, on today's episode of that song from that movie. Hi, I'm Joey Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> Thank you for joining that song from that movie, The Journey Through the Very Best and Worst of Movie Songs. I am your 50,000 bees, but it only takes 100 to kill a man host, Dietrich. And he's bringing jazz back to the working man, Alex. <laughs> I wish that was true. I wish that that was my, uh, my life's ambition, was to bring the jazz back to the working man. It's not too late. It's not too late, actually. Yeah, I mean, only just into my third decade, I could probably... A uh, fourth decade, even. Yeah, but say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just end in my early 20s. <laughs> Makes it sound a lot worse as soon as you add a decade mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> just aged 10 years. You've just aged in, like, 10 years instantly. <sighs> and two minutes is the longest 69 he's ever done. Ben. My, my mind goes blank to even defend, move away, join in the joke... Best to stay quiet, I think. I ain't good at that either. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stay quiet for too long because this is an audio podcast. It is? <laughs> it's all right. You'll, you'll remove the gaps. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Before we go into the actual episode, I should say, we've become a fortnightly podcast now. But what that does mean is when I ask the question, what have you been watching this week? I actually now mean, what have you been watching the past two weeks? Which really was the case a lot of the times anyway, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most yeah, of the times. Yeah. Especially with you guys with TV shows. I'm going to say, I've only been watching TV shows. I have been to the cinema, actually. I did go to the <gasps> You've cinema. You've actually been to the cinema? <gasps> yes, but it was toddler cinema. I was about, I was wondering, was it BYOB? What was the film? <laughs> so it, it was <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine returned to Sodor. <laughs> and did he? He did, in the end. Although I didn't see... Well, actually, no, that's an assumption because I didn't make it to the end of the film, so... <laughs> too heavy as far as we got he still had not returned to sodor so i guess we'll never know <laughs> is it like some sort of battle of yavin equivalent like in star wars i don't know that reference <laughs> is there little ewoks characters yeah <laughs> just the trains yeah i mean it was a musical actually interestingly which was which was surprising are you basically pitching for us to cover it on the show <laughs> Well, I mean, there were plenty of songs. We still yet to get to one single musical, so the first one won't be Thomas the well, Tank Engine. South Park. We did the South Park. Oh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, but we're never. Gonna, let's, we've got a few more to do before Thomas the Tank. Be- before Engine. we we get to return to Soto. How annoying is toddler cinema? <laughs> what do you mean? 
Well, is it like lights up, like quieter? Oh no, no. It's so so. What's weird about it is the film is quieter than normal, but the trailers are full volume. Oh <laughs> so god! You like get deafened for like twenty minutes, and then like it gets really quiet. But the lights are, are they uh, age appropriate? Age appropriate trailers? Are you getting like Matrix? Yes, they were. <laughs> but the, the the annoying thing was the the the, the trailer for the Lightyear film was before the Thomas the Tank Engine film, and uh, my son is very into Toy Story, yeah, and so yeah. he spent the entire film going. Like, Buzz, Buzz, come on soon. Buzz, come on soon. And I was like, no, Ruined no, the whole Thomas, thing. Thomas the Tank Engine. I mean, that's a crossover we're waiting for. <laughs> yes. What about you, Ben, then? Been watching the Watchmen TV show? Yes. Anyone seen it? Yes, yes, I've seen it. Uh, I've only watched two episodes, but it's very, very, very good. I'm actually reading the Watchmen at the moment. <laughs> the, the original graphic novel, but yeah, we should cover that film. <laughs> it's got a really good soundtrack. There's loads of music in it, yeah, so yeah, we will, I'm sure we will do it at some point. What about you, D? Well, alongside the uh, Winter Olympics, I've, I've watched two films since we last Ooh. recorded. Creed. Oh, yeah. Which I wasn't that impressed by. Yeah, it I seemed to want to like have the cake and eat it too in terms of being cool and also cheesy. It needed to pick a lane. <laughs> uh, and the other film was Jungle Cruise, um, which was that... just cheesy, so therefore it worked. <laughs> it worked! God. <laughs> It did, it did look good. It looks fun. I mean, I've seen the trailer, but yeah. It did. In terms of quality, it's like The Mummy Returns. So it's not quite The Mummy. Oh, okay. It's got, yeah. it's got the vibe of The Mummy, but it's not as good as that. So The Mummy Returns. <laughs> so, so Scorpion King. <laughs> well, it does have the rocking, I guess. Oh, so does Mummy Returns. Yeah, yeah The Mummy Returns. first ever film on it. Yeah, kind of. CGI. Yeah, CGI rock. So in celebration of the much-delayed and now finally released Jackass Forever, we are taking a step back to Jackass 3 and its hit song Memories by Weezer. So to find out what was happening in the world when the movie came out. Time for some history. It's time for some history. <laughs> Still gets me. And it's my turn this week. So I'm taking you guys back to October 2010 if you can cast your mind back that far, in Alex's third decade of living. (laughs) The last ever episode of the iconic British television show, The Inbetweeners, airs. Personally, I'm a huge fan of it, and I feel like most people our age generally are. They seem to have captured the zeitgeist of us in high school, I would say. Especially more than, say, Skins, which was uh, like nobody's high school experience. (laughs) Yeah, but people tried to make it... The high school experience after skins. So it was, yep. it was kind of worked in reverse. Yeah. People having skins parties. Yes. Yes. In other news, the Instagram app goes live on the App Store for the very first time. But yeah. So whilst the, the website had launched in July previous in a limited form, the first appearance of it on the App Store is noted by Instagram as the real, air quotes, launch date. Just a year and a half later, they're bought out by Facebook for a cool $1 billion. Yikes. <laughs> what Switch, a year. Uh, how, long, how long have we been going as a podcast? Longer than that. <laughs> Damn. And how much are we worth? Where is Facebook? Yeah, I mean, we're we not called like that song from that movie, brackets meta now. Is that not like our name? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Powered by meta. Yeah. Although I'm not sure that's a claim at the moment. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Can we sandwich these uh, episodes down into TikTok format? And my final piece of news I've got is that Sky News presenter Steve Dixon is forced to make a hasty apology to Robin Gibb from the Bee Gees <laughs> uh, due to asking during an interview if his brother, Maurice, was watching the show. Oh. <laughs> a shocked oh, Robin responded, no, Steve, Maurice died seven years ago. Yeah. Although, doesn't Robin Gibb believe in ghosts? 
Yeah. You still have to have died. Yes. Yeah, but you could be watching the show. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You're right. I think you should contact this Steve Dixon <laughs> and ask him to <laughs> rescind his apology. Redact, yeah, redact that apology, yeah. definitely. He's still not performing, but he is decomposing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Um, so the and the other thing that happened in October 2010 was the release of Jackass 3D or Jackass 3 if you want to get home media about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the third big screen spin-off of the hit MTV show Jackass, which was directed by Jeff Tremaine, where the Jackass boys reunite to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the franchise with their biggest movie yet. Uh, now, before we get into this, let me just say that I love this movie. Uh, I love this franchise. I literally have the Skull and Crutches logo tattooed on me. I always forget that. However, in terms of this podcast and the format we've refined over these many great episodes, <laughs> um, this movie is a bit of a format buster. So without going into too many specific stunts yet, what do you think of this movie on the whole? I think what I'll say is that like, it, in its own way, it's very joyful. Yeah. And it's like stupid in in a lot of ways, but but. I think joyful is kind of the best word to describe it. Like you see these group of people who clearly love this, these sort of ridiculous <laughs> stunts that they're doing, but they also love each other a lot. And that comes across. Yep. And I think that that's nice. As senseless as it all seems at times when you're watching it, I think that rises above that. And that makes you enjoy it because you can see that they're enjoying it, even though you're confused by a lot of it and sickened by most of it, <laughs> you, you you enjoy it any, any, regardless. And that's what's kind of weird about it. And like, I think what I will say is I really enjoyed the first two, which came out when we were early teens kind of time. It seems like yeah. a long time ago. We were 14 when we second decade, second yeah. came out, I think. 14, 15. Yeah. On a personal level, I, did, I only just watched this one for the very first time like two days ago. I didn't find it as funny as I used to find it. I found myself wincing more at, at certain things, but it did make me feel nostalgic for that simpler time when I was watching it. But I think it's because um, when you're a young teen, you find anything to do with like farts and poop funny. <laughs> and I think that that's why it used to be funny and it's sort of not funny anymore. It's just a bit like, oh God, this is a bit gross. <laughs> is that because your last two years have been dominated by farts and poop, Alex? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So it's just taken all the fun out of it. <laughs> but I did find it joyful. <laughs> As I've said. Overexposure. But yeah, I found it the film joyful. But I didn't find it as funny as I used to find it. What about yeah. you, Ben? Uh, yeah, I think we'll, talk, we'll be talking a lot about nostalgia here in this episode. I loved the first one. Probably really liked the second one. And I, I enjoy the third one. I think it's the same. Almost not the stunts, but the, the laughter afterwards is the bit that I enjoy more. Um, and when I think of yeah. famous jackass skits i always think of maybe 90 percent from the first film the occasional one from the second and i i'd forgotten about a lot from this one um until it comes up and it's like oh yes that thing but you kind of see them in a and i worry this is why i worry about the newer film you see their frailties a bit more and you i think that's what makes me wince in the earlier ones they felt invincible and I think at that yeah. age, when you're like 14, I know there's always the impressionable warning at the start, but you're like, that's awful, but cool. And as they're getting older, you're just like, oh, that, oh my God, that, you've, you're running out of teeth and hair and you're all getting overweight. And this this is wrong. This is wrong. Slow down, Johnny. Slow down. <laughs> I think I think you, you really nailed it. It was like, it was worrying watching at this time. That's why I was wincing but less, more than laughing because you were genuinely terrified that one of them might get 
beyond seriously injured. Yeah, yeah. The invincibility thing is interesting because, like, for the most part, this was like an alcohol-free set because of Steve-O's road to sobriety. Yeah. So I feel like the invincibility is sort of lost from the previous films. But to let the audience in on how I've decided to approach this movie, I've asked Ben and Alex to decide what they thought was their most and least favourite skits, along with any stunts that they had to look away from. Uh, So I'll be asking for those as we go along. First of all, I want to know, on your lists, either of you have the helicopter. (laughs) No, I didn't put that one. I didn't know. No, I didn't put that one. So the reason I bring that up is because this was the scene that inspired the guys to make the movie and ultimately secure the funding to make the movie. Oh, really? Uh, so, so 3D was, it was just back in 2010, so this is when 3D was having its renaissance at the cinema. It was all the rage. Jeff Tremaine thought that they could use the technology well with the Jackass format. They filmed that scene using some 3D cameras and showed it to some Paramount executives who then immediately greenlit the project, <laughs> which uh, I absolutely <laughs> love as a visual to think about. Like all these like business suits sat around a boardroom table two guys showing them a video where a guy's got a <laughs> remote control helicopter tied to his Wilson. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I, I have to stress, it. I've not seen this in 3D. No. I uh, saw no. this. I have I think I've not I've not seen any of the Jackass films in the cinema. I was interested by I the 3D aspect of it. What, did you see it in 3D at the yeah, time, D? I did, yes. Did it add anything? Um, the, the only scene it added to was the um, dildo bazooka. <laughs> Yeah, you could tell that that was filmed with 3D in mind. I mean, that's it. If that's not a brand new sentence. <laughs> the only thing it added to was the tildo bazooka. Well, you could tell yeah. you could tell the opening and closing scene were definitely shot with 3D in mind as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> let's get into some of these skits then. So, first of all, I've got my list. Did either of you have or note down any particular ones, based on what Alex has said, that you had to turn away from? Yes. Oh, I didn't write down the name of it. But there's like one, it's quite early on. It's like, there's like a diorama of like a train. And then like... Oh, yes. And then like, yeah. I can't remember which character. Is it Ryan? Is it, No, it's not Ryan Dunn. It's... Um, Dave England. Dave England. He, he shoots. Like, I don't know what he must have eaten to do what he does. <laughs> but it's absolutely horrifying. And it's like this yellow, gunky <laughs> poo that fires out like a volcano. And it's just yep. horrifying, and as I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't watch. Like, as soon as I saw it happen, I had to like not watch the rest. I was like, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I just couldn't get my head around what he would have eaten to to be able to do that. To create a full on pukeno, pukeno. <laughs> yeah, so that one, that one was really vile. I think the other one that stands out that I had to kind of turn away from was the, the I think it was called like the. The sweat cocktail or something? Yeah, it's that's the one yeah, I read. Yeah. That's the that's the oh uh, yeah, oh. I, I just can't even think, think about it. It's, and it's just, just like when they were like squeezing the towels and his sweat was dripping <laughs> off into the cup, and it was just like the the anticipation oh, God, of him Jesus. drinking oh, it was just awful. And then I think the cameraman was sick on his microphone. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, he's always sick that dude. Isn't he? Yeah, he was literally sick on the microphone. It's like oh, just no. do it on stop the it, floor. Alex. Stop it. This is an audio podcast, Alex. <laughs> Yeah, so those two. It was more those ones. It's the ones like that were disgusting, yeah, so, like sickly yeah. and a bit like oh, yeah, that I just couldn't really stomach. Oh, How about man. you? No, I mean the main one. The only one I wrote down was sweatsuit cocktail. Yeah. And I'm, I'm struggling to 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 say it. I think it's the. There's not many in the entire series that I feel I like would shy away from the one when Aaron McGee has to stick the pubic hair to his face in the second yeah. film. Yes. That's yeah, terror taxi. Who invited crabs to the party? For me, this is one of the things that really swear I 
don't look away from any of it. So, because uh, that's how cool I am, or or completely desensitized to it. Maybe I'll I'll move on though. Just just before we do as well, like, did you guys make like almost like a list of the ones you feel like would be fun to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. I don't want to do many of these. I haven't made an actual list, but whenever I watch Jackass, I always think with every stunt, oh, I'd do that. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. do that. So I'll do the maths in my head every single time. Yeah, because I was thinking of the ones we probably wouldn't mention, but I'll give a quick mention. There's the one where they're also like playing behind the back of that plane. It just it looks kind of fun. Oh yeah, it does. That look one fun, does look yeah. fun. Except yeah. that well, when yeah, when he gets hit in the stomach <laughs> with the American football. God, that must absolutely. And kill. also, kind of the ones where they're jumping into the big paddling pool. Except for like the actual way they land on some of them is quite bad, but looks sort of fun. I always thought the um, I think it was called Duck Hunt. Yes, <laughs> that one looks fun to do on both sides. <laughs> are you sure? I'm not so sure about the uh, the getting shot with the paintballs. I, I must say that I'm surprised that hasn't become like a stag do thing. <laughs> it's it's probably because the fact that the the two that jump off the crane at the beginning to set it in motion like nearly died. <laughs> well, I think you could probably uh, re- remove that aspect <laughs> yeah. of it and just uh, fling someone in a duck costume. Yes. So critically, the movie got a predictably mixed response, but I think. We can all guess that's always going to be the case with anything Jackass related. Uh, it's not a format which is for everyone, which I thought was uh, brilliantly summed up by this line in a review by the Chicago Tribune, which sort of matches what you guys are saying. It's reductive, insanely violent slapstick, but that's the phenomena in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't go into watching a Jackass film without kind of knowing already what you're in for. Exactly. You're not going for the plot. It's unashamedly what it is. Yeah. Whereas it is a badge of honor almost. It's it's almost beyond like negative criticism in some ways because it's like yeah, yeah like what's the point of criticizing it? <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, it's real. It's so obvious. It's like why watch it if you're not you don't think you might enjoy it. <laughs> I sort of read some of the uh, negative reviews and most of them, what you expect. So one continuing theme which I've written about here, which I thought was interesting, and when I say interesting, I mean completely misguided. There was this continued notion that the movie is the encapsulation of toxic masculinity on screen. Which to me is just like completely objectively wrong. Uh, yeah. like you could write essays on how this franchise is built on the homoerotic love between the cast members, <laughs> yeah, and how they're also body positive with each other. Yeah, because also I think like an element of the whole point of toxic masculinity is that it's a feeling of superiority to it, whereas these guys are constantly yes. knocking each other down. Like it's yeah. surely it's the complete. There's no sort of we're better than you. It's all that you. Everyone's as worse as each other. Yeah, it's like in I guess like other ones like Dirty Sanchez and the Dudesons. It's all like everyone's trying to one up each other and be the alpha male, mm. and that's just not the case with the Jackass. It's all about the camaraderie between the guys. Yeah, and that's what comes yeah. across more than anything. I think it's just like the friendship between them is clearly really strong, <laughs> and like they're all just like game for it, aren't they? I think like in the in the earlier ones, I seem to remember there being a bit like, is it what's the guy's name? The one who does um, oh the one that you mentioned Ben about with the pubes on his face. Erin um, McGee. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of fun poked at him in the first two. Like he's a bit like lesser than the rest of the group. Like he's the the uh, the mm. one that they all kick mm. a bit. But I think in this one that actually didn't seem to be present anymore. It seemed like he'd been like fully accepted into the group <laughs> finally after twenty years. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I don't really I don't agree with that statement. No, I think it's I think it, yeah the friendship between them comes across more than anything. And yeah, it's a lazy criticism. I think like Alex, I think it's probably just because yeah. it's like there's a lot of you know. Pee, poop, fart jokes. It's, I think you insinuate it with sort of male stereotyped humour, and it's easy to then criticise it and say toxic male humour. Definitely. 
What this did inspire me to do, though, is search on Twitter about like the connection of Jackass to queerness. Mm. And uh, one of the major things that kept coming across was this idea that for many LGBTQ plus people living in, say, very uh, conservative southern USA, Jackass was this sort of rainbow emblazoned TV show that they could all cling to. That's interesting. Which I thought, thought was uh, almost like a sort of secret TV show they could watch mm. with their very strict parents where it was like, ah, this isn't actually gay, but yeah, it kind of is sort of thing. <laughs> because of all, yeah, there's a lot of sort of, it's very in your face and there's lots of things that are in your face, but uh, some of the Especially others... in 3D. <laughs> yeah, especially in 3D. But I guess it's, yeah. it's kind of liberating, isn't it? And it's freeing because they're kind of not restricted to the normal boundaries of everyday life, I guess. So they can kind of just yeah. do what they want. And there's something like, that's what part of the joy of it is just like the whole ridiculous, spontaneous nature of it. Definitely. Definitely. Is that something they got rid of by this point though? Because that's one of the only things in the first two. Chris Pontius shaking his face in like women's faces is a bit <laughs> risque. That's a bit pushing it. Especially in the first one in Japan when he like, there's just like people walking on the streets and he's just on them. Yeah, there isn't really, well, there isn't any party boy in Jackass 3. I think they, re- I think they realise probably by this point, yeah. There's there's kind of less just like interactions with normal people in the streets period in this yeah, one. Yeah, because, well, in, in, I think in, I think that's yeah. kind of a lot safer. It's, you know, it's consent, yeah. like we're all going to be absolute idiots and we've all consented and let's just, you know, go the whole nine without bringing in other people yeah part of it is also that people would recognize them yeah that's why like in the also second true. film yeah they had to go to uh india oh yeah i forgot about like, that. like all the uh the public skits in this film everyone's in disguise yeah like johnny's the Irvin zisman character which uh i can take or leave oh i can i, I leave every time i leave every time i think they're the worst parts of the film Bad Grandpa it, is not a good film. They, they really did seem to limit those again in this one. I feel like they were more prominent in yeah. the earlier ones. Which uh, brings me on nicely to, what was your least favourite skit? If it All of those segment? ones. All of those ones. Anything with Bad Grandpa in. Yep. That's yep. literally it for me. Yeah, I, th- I think agreed. I think those were the ones that I didn't really get anything from. Particularly the one where he was just like making out with the younger woman. The one where he crashed through the window on the school was kind of funny because of how shocked everybody was <laughs> by it. I yeah. love, I love this like the six second skits. They're almost like a precursor to the modern age of things like Vine and TikTok. Jackass yeah. were ahead of the curve in like they've have they'd have their big skits and then they'd almost have a segue skit, which was just usually Preston Lacey kind of walking yeah. between things, but it was. Uh, they knew how to keep you going. Yeah, like in this one, they quite they keep going back to the, like the slow motion Rocky punches. Oh, oh yeah, 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 that was yeah. another one I was going to say that I didn't actually think was that that funny because I yeah, thought I actually that one because... like is a bit like <laughs> you could seriously just in just they work backwards from the the camera there, didn't they? Yeah, we want something that looks good in slow motion. Punch somebody. Yeah, I saw that. I bet like Bam Magera generally in this one I found a bit annoying. Well, you'd be glad about the new one then. Oh, why is, is he not in it? Is not in the new one, no. Oh, really? Well, because like, there was that, that part with the snakes, and it was just a bit like, oh, come on. <laughs> like, you game for everything except except this. And it, and it was just like everyone like was made to feel really bad about it. <laughs> it was a bit of a town. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> well, hate to say you're wrong there, Bam. <laughs> uh, for me, Miley's favourite skit is the jet ski near the beginning. Oh, yeah. I don't think the payoff's there, and I remember thinking, sat in the cinema, oh, maybe this is one movie too many, because <laughs> it's quite near the beginning. Like, the, the intro's good, and then High Five is really good, 
And then this one happened, it's like, ah, they've used all the good ideas in the first 15 minutes. I think it was partly something to do with, because I get exactly what you mean. It seemed to be partly to do with the actual filming of it, because they, they never got really, really good angle of him coming over the, the hedge. And like, he was yeah. just landing in like, a, on a, on a, on an open hill. <laughs> like, I feel like it needed to have yeah. a bigger landing. Yeah. And also it felt like in the cinema, because obviously the jet ski comes towards the camera. It felt like this is going to be the entire film. Like, it's just going to be things coming towards the camera for, for, for the next 85 minutes. So straight from the least favourite, we'll go straight into what was your most favourite segment or segments, if there's more than one? Uh, let me have to think. I mean, the the one, like you, you said, the one sorry, that you had to turn away from, there was one where I was like, oh my God, like it sound like it, it was, there's like an American football player where he punts a ball at Preston's face. Oh, it hits him right in the, oh my days. And it's yeah. like the, the, yeah. the field goal. The noise, <laughs> oh, the sound yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. That was the one where I was like, oh my God, that, how is he like alive? <laughs> like he kicked a ball at his face for about like. 10 yards and it just it's just the the sheer noise of it and he just gets straight back up afterwards yeah I like that we give, giving him goggles yeah. and he really needs like a full face it reminds shield. me of like the, the Simpsons episode when Elmer just gets hit with a cannonball over and over again yeah it could, that, so that was the one where I was I was like physically shaking with shock <laughs> the sound <laughs> because there's a couple of other ones similar that they feed into out like I think there's one like where they sh- like fire like on a slingshot like a uh like a bouncy, like a giant bouncer ball type thing at some time, yeah. which is equally as bad. Well, not equally as bad, nearly as bad, but it's just the sound isn't the same. It's just, the, it was <laughs> all in the sound on the Preston one. So so that one I kind of enjoyed. I think obviously the one that sort of sticks in your mind a lot is the, the Poo Cocktail Supreme, whatever it was called, <laughs> which I think was like the one of the final major, st- it was one of the ones that really yeah. felt like a big stunt. Because I think one thing that I took from this one was that there was there didn't seem to be as many like big stunts, whereas this that one felt a bit like ridiculously excessive and like horrifying in every sense. Like in it, like it, when I say every sense, I mean like the nose, the mouth, the eyes. <laughs> just it gets you all over because it's just so horrifying. I think I think the nostalgia element of me preferred the smaller stunts because, like as a kid, it was that like yeah. I'm never gonna do that, but I could. Yeah. Whereas you you don't think you could. Uh, like lock up a uh, port boy onto a bungee. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. If we get enough Patreon subscribers, we'll do it. Though, how many Patreon subscribers do we need, Ben, for you oh, to do that? God, something unattainable. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> you heard the man. Um, what about you, Ben? Uh, Electric Avenue is my favourite one. Just one. also because Eddie Grant's <laughs> their song is an yeah, absolute jam. Um, but just the ridiculousness of it, I have for some. I just find it entertaining. Also, just the. Uh, the difference between the quite upbeat song and people just in pain. I like those ones where they're all constantly fighting not to start it. Like they're all just getting hyped up, angry, anxiety, and no one's willing to run through it. Yeah, I enjoyed that one the most. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you did mention a, a bit briefly earlier, D. I think in the intro, or the one with the bees was quite amusing. Just because he was yeah, like, yeah, that's on my list. Hundred bees. <laughs> He's like, wait, hundred bees? So there's fifty thousand bees. <laughs> it's like, why do you just hit, just get ninety nine and then? Head off. <laughs> what are we doing here? Making a hit movie. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the entire film series is made by Johnny Knoxville's laugh. Like, if that laugh wasn't in any of these films, they would be at least two points lower on a 10 scale. His laugh is... Pu- oh yeah, my it's God, incredibly it's infectious. Pu- there's, there's no faking it. It's just pure enjoyment, euphoria. Like It's always like... It's always... He thinks everything's hilarious. There's no sort of titter to it. It's just full of mouth open, catching flies laugh. 
Yeah. The only other one I've got on my list in my most favourite is uh, Super Mighty Glue. Which one's that? It's the... Go with the Super Glue. The, the, the Super <laughs> Glue one. Where they stick uh, yeah, yeah, Wee yeah. Man to Preston, Bam glues his hand to Preston and yep. Phil's chest. And also Ryan Dunn's beard, uh, which he's not happy about. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes I think poor <laughs> Phil Margera, but at the same time I yeah. think you raised him. Yeah. yeah. I, they get a lot out of it, uh, don't they? Yeah, but... Money-wise. I hope that's worth it at this stage of their lives. as a big fan of this then, and I see me and Alex seem to be, you know, well, we, we enjoyed it, but we preferred the early ones. Do you worry about them ruining it? Or in your is it preserved, like, in a glass case in your mind that it's untouchable? Because with this fourth film, like, if there's ever any worries about with me and Alex saying about, ooh, oh, you're getting a bit old for that. <laughs> what are we on now, 10 years later? I mean, you know, they're yeah. all probably, what, in their 40s now at least? Old, surely. Somewhere <laughs> maybe, I don't know. I mean, surely yeah. either the stunts are lessened or they're really going to do themselves some damage. Well, a big part of the new Jackass film is that there's new people. Um, it's it's like a passing of the torch. Well, I guess my question still stands then. Do you worry about that? A little bit. There was a Shark Week special they did to sort of bridge the gap with uh, sort of introducing the new people who, who seemed fine. But I don't think it's ever going to be quite as special or... Actually, going back to the sort of the alpha male thing, I, I worry it might end up going down that route of these people you've recruited are only here because they want to be even cooler. They want to one-up everything you've done. But I guess we'll know when I see the movie and uh, on the next episode go, oh, it wasn't very mm-hmm. good. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I'm curious. I'm very curious. Report back. There's an awful lot of songs in this movie. At the start with Twisted Sister, as we've mentioned before, the Urban Zisman bits with the uh, Black Eyed Peas. What other ones is there? You can't, you can't roller skate in a buffalo herd. <laughs> yes. But they're all really hard to break down in terms of the concept of this podcast. And none of them are really the official song from that movie. So today we're discussing the song which brings the movie to a close, which is Memories by everyone's favourite. Oh yeah, I quite like them, but they're not my favourite band. Band Weezer. The song plays as the movie takes the time to look back at each cast member, showing old footage, childhood photos, as well as the Jackass group performing the song with Weezer themselves. So, what do we make of this song and its impact at the end of what was then the trilogy's finale? The, the conversations we've talked about with nostalgia so far, like I said, the third one, I can take it or leave it. I really don't care. Uh, and, and to be fair, I could do that with the second one because I think I hold that the first one in such high regard and I remember like specific memories of just sitting and watching it or like a kid who lived down the road from me just like inviting him over because we had a huge sound system and that opening is it I forget what orchestral piece it is at the start of the first one you know when they're on the um the shopping trolley all right it's dun 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 Dun, 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 and with the with the solar sound system we had it was like you know it was epic and it was just this like oh it was cool and uh, I think my parents were fairly careful about things that I would watch. My dad always bought me things like Too Extreme for TV, you know, the the side thing, and um, Jackass videos. And the song, I, whether it's because it's about memories or it's kind of filmed in that, like, fish lens scale to make it seem like it's older, um, and it has the cast there, it reminds me of the old times of watching it, and I guess almost like a snapshot of that time. And maybe it is in our fourth decade, Alex, starting to look back more at different times of your life and with the jovialness of the song it does it in a quite a positive way 
Whereas maybe other songs that breed nostalgia can make you do it in quite a longing way. So I quite like it. Whatever Rivers Cuomo, the lead singer of Weezer, what the hell the hell he's on about? I don't really care because some of the stuff makes sense. And some of the other stuff is like, what? What are you on about? Yeah. I, I like the song because I think it works very well as a song that is purely about nostalgia, uh, that inspires nostalgia, and it's a nice feeling. I don't know if this is me misremembering the first two films, but I felt that they both ended with a much more dramatic stunt or something that seemed to go on for longer that was like kind of like built up whereas this one kind of ended with everything just kind of exploding essentially which felt like it was similar to the opening sequence and it was maybe meant for a for 3d or for a cinema audience to see it um you know rather than on like a stream (laughs) on your computer on your phone like i watched it so when the film kind of ended, it felt a bit anticlimactic. But then when it got into the credits and they were playing like a lot of like uh, clearly stuff that was cut from the film, which a lot of seemed really good. And then I was like wondering why they didn't just make the film longer. Well, a lot of it ended up in Jackass 3.5. Ah, uh, okay. Well, maybe that explains some of it. And as well, it seemed yeah. like other people were doing stunts that they understood maybe one person doing so you saw different takes on it and stuff, which was kind of yeah, nice. Yeah. And like when the song kicked in and they were showing like the old videos and stuff, it was just like, oh, this this feel this is a this is a nicer ending. <laughs> this is actually the ending. I think it maybe would have been better if they had incorporated that more into the actual end of the film rather than in the credits, because so many people could easily miss it. Because as well, it wasn't in the very beginning of the credits. It was kind of like halfway through towards the end. So it was kind yep. of that was kind of shame because it was a really nice, like touching moment. And like Ben said, it really makes you think back to those seeing those first two films because i'm sure a lot of people like us would have been of probably a not (laughs) illegal age necessarily of watching them and it sort of takes you back to your proper childhood i guess so yeah it was just it was nice and i think like yeah the sentiment of the song is clearly aimed at that and this whole the film whether you said it was the 10 year anniversary when it was released was it uh yeah, yeah i think so and maybe probably intended to be the end it felt like, yeah, it just felt like quite a special moment. And maybe that's why the end of the film itself was kind of slightly subdued. But um, yeah, I don't know if there was just something slightly off with the way it was placed, but I think it could have had more impact. But when you got to it, if you did get to it, it was nice. <laughs> yeah. Remember, you should always end after three films. <laughs> <laughs> is 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 Forky in Jackass 4? <laughs> Bloody well, I hope not. But I agree in terms of like how this song and this sort of scene bookends the franchise, really. It, it almost reminds me of, uh, do you know the ending of Furious 7, where Paul Walker's CGI face drives <laughs> off into the sunset? Yes. And you sort of go, that's where it should have ended. The, is, this, is this stuff after it? Oh, right. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Yeah, that was Oh, the yeah, so like more films yes. and more, yeah. more things in that franchise afterwards. It sort of takes away this, the, the magic of it. That's my argument with Toy Story 3. <laughs> yeah, and it's valid. But what about Bo Peep? <laughs> Bo Peep never got her ending. Oh, she did. She... Schmelting accident. She wasn't there and you know it. <laughs> um, so this song was the first song released on Weezer's ape studio album, God. Curly. <laughs> which was the album which had a picture of Hurley from Lost on the front of it. I remember taking a picture of you next to it. Yes. Uh, Download festival. And seeing, as I mentioned, a tattoo before, it's another thing I've got a tattoo on. Really? Got Hurley's face? Yeah, I've got a Lost tattoo. It, oh, Lost. <laughs> lost numbers. <laughs> oh, the Lost symbols. Lost symbols. Well, I've got the, I've got the numbers as well oh, now. Yeah. What, what is it? 4, 8, 15, 16, uh, something 44. 23? 23. 23. Ah, yes. I never even watched the 23. show. 23. 
Yeah, so the song potentially dates back to 2003, which I thought was odd, according to Weezerpedia, which is a real thing. <laughs> well, uh, but the only reason I thought that was interesting was the fact that this song is supposedly harkens back to the early noughties, but was written seven years prior to 2010. So it was written in 2003, looking even further back. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It's, it, it sort of uh, makes the lyrics maybe ring a little bit hollow. And the feeling that it's like a fake nostalgia that they've just put together whilst it was happening. A bit like the uh, Andy Bernard thing of like, I wish there was a way of knowing it was the good times whilst you were experiencing them. <laughs> yeah. Critically, uh, the song, well, I found two reviews via this Weezerpedia article. <laughs> <laughs> Make a pedia about anything now. Uh, one was from the Rolling Stone which uh, wasn't really much of a review at all. It actually just talked about Eminem dropping a new album the same day as the person was writing it for two paragraphs. And then at the end had a quick line to say, the chorus you can sing along to. And that was it. (laughs) It was very weird. Uh, But the second review came from a blog called Teenage Victory Songs, which uh, turned out to be a Weezer fan account from all intents and purposes, appear to be run by your typical gatekeeper-y superfan. Okay. The kind okay. that would be like, ready and waiting to say, you sold out if uh, they release something that sounds slightly different, or they release something that sounds the same, suddenly they're stale and not, not doing anything mm-hmm. new. That sort of person. Yep. So I'm sure you can guess that they thought that this song was bad because it's too different, and they are sellouts. <laughs> Does it give you memories of all the amazing Weezer albums over the past? Which, which is your favourite Weezer album, then? Go. There's only one good one, and that's the Blue Album. Or the Weezer, or whatever, it's just self-titled. Yeah. <laughs> this is a good album. <laughs> my favourite my favorite Weezer album is self-titled. <laughs> self-titled, too. They're a, they're, a, they're a really weird band, though, aren't they? Like, I, they're really yeah. hard to kind of pigeonhole. Yeah. It's almost like they're trying to be in the sort of the uh, alt-rock wave of the 90s, but they just don't fit the look. Like some of the, And the sound's quite... The sound goes through different phases and genres, but I guess they are geek rock, but that's just trying to put anything... You can put anything before rock <laughs> and make it work. Yeah, they do have really, like, interesting and weird songs, like Say and So or, like, My Name is Jonas and stuff, but then they have, like, really just, like, typical power rock songs like Beverly Hills but I guess even like those yeah. are sort of slightly different but or like Pork and Beans do you remember that song that was weird God, yeah, yeah. that's a good video yeah that's true <laughs> they always generally did have good videos actually that's something you could say for them yeah was it Buddy Holly was the first ever single was it good song I don't know if it was the first single or not but it was a, it's a no classic I think it's, I think it's from the first album can't remember Hash Pipe <laughs> Another song. <laughs> Just naming Weezer songs now. <laughs> Sweater song. Uh, right, so jumping off Weezerpedia <laughs> to its far more well-known Big Brother. Wikipedia has very little about this song, which is a shocker. But there is one sentence which uh, caught my eye. It's an unsighted, poorly spelled check claim that goes very big about this song. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Following the death of Jacka Cass member Ryan Dunn. <laughs> Shaka the video become the most searched for video on YouTube. <laughs> now, there is nowhere that is true. Did, but, like, what does it mean by that? Does it mean, like, ever? Does it mean that day? <laughs> does it mean, like, what does that mean? <laughs> I, I think it's pretty clear that the video become most 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 searched for, but it means the most searched for ever. Oh, surely. the most of Jackacass. 
of Jackacass. <laughs> and to be fair, it might be of Jackacass. <laughs> so it's still there to this day, even though it, it's not cited. It's it's clearly not true, and I know it's not true because I put my investigation cap on and started to try track down <laughs> when this message appeared and if it was true. So someone added this on the twentieth of June, twenty eleven. Unfortunately, they were anonymous, but I did manage to track their IP down to say they were just outside New York, where Bam Margera lives. Oh, okay. Right, keep going. Yeah, and 20th of June 2011 is the day that uh, Ryan Dunn died in the uh, car accident. So, so for some reason, somebody decided that was the day to go on to a sort of kind of linked song about Ryan Dunn and make it, make that claim. Unfortunately, that's where that that bit of investigation ended. Uh, but what I did do is go on... Uh, do you know the Wayback Machine? No. It takes a snapshot of websites so you can go back in time and see what they were on like on a certain day. Oh, how cool. Back then, YouTube's homepage would show the most searched for video, which was not this song. Oh. Annoyingly, it didn't load in what the actual song was. <laughs> but I found that in 2011, it didn't even crack the top 10 most played music videos. Whoever did this was talking bollocks. Oh, were they smoking a hash pipe? Mm-hmm. Or eating pork and beans? Sweat a song. <laughs> Whereabouts is Beverly Hills? Is that just outside New York? Yeah, no, it's on an island in the sun. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jonas. You guys must be dreaming. That's a song by them as well. <laughs> like, it doesn't work when you have to clarify that it's a song. <laughs> Say it in so bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I can't think of any. I can't oh. think of any more Weezer songs. I've got none left in my memories. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> they've got literally. They've got like. They've got like what fifty albums. I'm sure you just say some words and it'll be the Weezer song. <laughs> but that unspectacularly brings me to the end of my investigation into this song and uh, the end of my notes. So if you want to move on to the top five, now is the time. <laughs> I just realised I didn't do one. Oh. <laughs> it was just yeah. It was I just as soon as you said that, I wouldn't even it didn't even click for me. Some even before in the past when I've not done one, it's clicked to me. Don't know why it hasn't. I'm clearly out of uh, out of practice, so that's my bad. Okay, <laughs> what we'll do then? Hang on, I'll see if I can find this article again from about 2011, like the most played oh, music yes, videos please. on YouTube. Yes, nice, save me. Right, so seeing as Ben forgot to do the top five, oh, get it ready. Shame. I have. I'll try to do it the way Ben does it. So I have put together a list <laughs> of five different songs. It sounds just like Ben. I feel, I feel, I feel attacked. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Here's the jingle. Top five. Okay. The top five most played music videos on YouTube. And these are the, like, the official music videos from like, a genuine source. Right. Go for it. And what year? What year? 2011. Oh, so, uh, okay, bad Romance by Lady Gaga. <laughs> Uh, no, we were, I can't see. We were 20 at this time, then. Yeah. Something by Pitbull. Bloody hell. Pitbull is uh, <gasps> number one. Pitbull um, is the featuring part. Oh, is it tonight? Is it called Tonight or something? We might not get tomorrow, that one with... Uh, J-Lo. Not Usher. Oh, no. Alex, Alex. Is it the J-Lo Pitbull oh, one? Oh, is it the J-Lo? I can't remember what the song's called, though. Dance the Night <laughs> on, the floor. on the floor. On the floor. Damn. That's the that is the number one played song well done, on Alex. YouTube well in 2011. Wow. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> Uh, okay. Jason Derulo. Uh, nope. Katy Perry. Nope. Did Kanye Ben said Usher? Is Usher one? Not in the top no. five. No. Kanye, Jay Z. Um, nope. Nope. Lady Gaga. <laughs> Not in the top five. Rihanna. Yeah. Rihanna. Oh yeah. Uh, Rihanna. Nope. Biebs. Biebs. Biebs is third. 
Um, oh god, what oh, god. Ba- uh, well, baby? I mean, how long ago? Yeah, it's yeah. baby. Oh, right. yeah. oh god, where? It's baby. Okay, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> no, we already had one. Justin, we're going back. So uh, we've had two. We've only got two out of five so far. Are we? Are, are we uh, female uh, artists? Male artists? <laughs> All male artists. Si- All like, male artists. Sing- like sing- honestly, single artists. Two are single artists, and one is a duo who are both male. A duo. And we're like, the, their songs were the sort of the sound of 2011. Jedwood. Swedish House Mafia. Uh, th- Amer- American Jedwood. Think about that. Amer- American Jedwood? What an awful image. Every single nightclub you've ever been to uh-huh. when you were that age will have played something by them. I was going to think One Direction, but they were later than that. And there's only A this duo? One, two. A duo, yeah. American duo. Outcast? Uh, no. No. Oh, God. Um, you need no clue. Um, their, their music is in... Is oh, it... uh, 303. Oh, no, no. Good shout, though. That was oh, a good shout, well but... done. Well done, though. I know, I know you're thinking of it. It's, um, it's party rock, those two. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's party, rock, it's party rock anthem by LMFAO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. It was everywhere when yeah, we were 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As was Pitbull. So what? We've got three. We've got three. <laughs> We've got three. So four and five are left. <laughs> you're not going to get five. Is it Friday by Rebecca Black? It's my old males, Alex. Oh, all sorry. males. <laughs> all males. That was around that time. Don't, yeah. don't add more insults to, to the last than she's already had. Uh, I would say that four is um... Enrique Iglesias. <laughs> no, um... American. The, the artist when he wrote this song, he didn't feel like doing anything that day. Oh, it's J- um, uh, what's his name? The little guy oh. who sang uh, yeah. Twenty Four Uptown Funk. Bruno, oh, Bruno Mars. Mars. Bruno Mars. Yeah, it was the lazy song. The lazy song. So the the last one is actually something we we will cover in the future. Uh, (gasps) It's a a bat song from that movie, official movie song. (gasps) Oh, we have to get it. And weirdly, we've talked about the franchise it's from on this podcast already, and it's not Jackass before you say memories. But we've covered Um, covered a film from this franchise. We've covered the franchise. We haven't covered it yet, but we've talked about it on this episode. The franchise Fa- on this Fast episode. and the Furious. Yep, it's Fast and Furious. Not the Char- no, that Charlie Poo. Charlie Poo. So no, it's Wiz Khalifa. This is the uh, Fast Five came out. Oh, well, God. Which is why you're not going to get it. <laughs> really? Go on, then you tell us, D. It's uh, Danzin Kudura by Don Omar. Nope, never going to get that. It's the Brazilian song. We were out of touch even then, Alex. Yep. Uh, yeah, so that was the top five. Thank you, D. I, en- I, enjoyed, be- I enjoyed being on this side. Now you know how it feels, Ben. <laughs> 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 Uh, I'm feeling there's no point doing a movie or song for this one. Why is that? Because is it much of a movie or is it more of a, a bunch of skits put together? Well, what are you saying? So, what a compilation of skits or song? <laughs> yeah, go. Let's go with that. Yeah, compilation of skits or songs. Go. But aren't all films just a collection of scenes put together? So it's very much the same thing. No. Uh, yeah, Victoria's not. That's what just one scene. Are you, are you saying that that weird that that foreign film? <laughs> yeah, that foreign film. Well, yeah, that's but that's from claim because it does. It's not something I expect from you, T. That's why it threw me off. It's a great film. It's a fantastic film. Everyone, go and watch Victoria. It, it's the movie that 1917 claimed to be. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Claims, claims to be a lot. 1917. It's it's rubbish. Um, I would say that Memories by Weezer is better than the film 1917. Okay. Agreed. Alex. Uh, and also Jackass 3. <laughs> I will take that song because of everything it reminds me of. And it's also a nice send-off for Ryan Dunn, who sadly passed away after this one. I kind of agree with that, but I think I probably would actually still say 
film because actually it was, watching, is a better film. It, was, it was more watching the film that Ravine gave me the nostalgia trip rather than just the song. So I'd say I'll go for film just because of that. Yeah, and and how does it compare to 1917 for you? I think I think 1917 was better, but clearly that's really clearly that's not not the uh, the popular opinion. It could have been made better by having Rivers Cuomo in it. I mean, I thought the film 1917 was was ruined a little bit by its trailer, but I thought the film was still quite good. It's still quite an intense experience. Yeah, in fact, I think that might be the example of, I mean, this is what you call a sidetrack, a film that is ruined most of all time by its trailer. Yeah, the best scene is in the, the trailer is the last. Yeah, you know the guy is going to be alive the whole time because that scene is still not here. <laughs> yeah. And you also know the other guy's not going to make it. Yeah, because he, <laughs> he's also not running. <laughs> so that brings a, a weird end to an, another episode of that song from that movie. Let us know which one you think's better, 1917 or the song Memories by Weezer on Twitter. Alex, what is our Twitter handle? TSFTMPod. So you can help the podcast in many ways. One of those ways is by sharing this on a random subreddit. But Ben, what random subreddit should they pick this week? Oh, that's a good question. The 1917 subreddit. It'll make sense. <laughs> when that <happens> there. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll get it. Oh, make sense. So you can also help this by sharing this on social media. Uh, because I can't remember the real things I normally say. Come on, come on. Spotify. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So you can help the podcast by leaving a review wherever you get your podcasts, which now also includes Spotify. So if you listen on there, just scroll up and you can give us five stars, even if we don't deserve it. <laughs> you can sign up to our Patreon. Remember, Ben's promise to do Poo Cocktail Supreme if we get seven. <laughs> Good luck. And uh, you can also help us by buying our merch. So all that's left now is to do so goodbye. So it's goodbye from myself. Goodbye and goodbye from Alex. That had everything. It had shit. It had danger. It had puke. That's what the show's all about. Well, that and sex appeal. <laughs> and goodbye from Ben. Hi, my name's Ben, and I'm surrounded by morons. It's not a bit harsh by your wife. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in the same room as you, Ben. <laughs> she never lets me in the same room, Alex. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that makes sense. So, goodbye, everybody. See ya. Bye. I was kind of expecting you to make a reference about some artists leaving Spotify because of this podcast. <laughs> oh, that 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 would be a that'd be a push. Yeah, who's leaving because of us? Somebody. Because of our uh, vaccine related talk. Oh well yeah. <laughs> We're always talking about that. COVID twenty is fake. <gasps> COVID twenty? Nineteen seventeen is fake. COVID nineteen seventeen. <laughs> COVID nineteen seventeen, yeah. Delta Airlines do not exist. Does jet fuel melt steel beams?